All right, listen up, guys. I've got a really huge announcement. I'm really excited about this, and I'm going to make some exclusive offers here, so pay attention. The first five people to text me after this podcast goes live, I will give you a 50% VIP discount. Starting today, I will be offering a one-on-one financial coaching program. My program will teach clients how to successfully save money and build wealth by managing expenses. My new program is called Save Pain-Free, and you can find this now live at savepainfree.com. I found there are a lot of people that want to save money, but don't want to feel like they're giving up their lifestyle. So I've spent a lot of time developing something that I'm really excited about addressing this problem exactly. If you make a healthy salary, but you still can't seem to save money, this is your answer. It is a one-on-one financial coaching program that will teach you how to save money and build wealth. Through the Save Pain-Free program, I am guaranteeing that I will save clients at least $600 a year in expenses, or you will get your money back. That is a pretty good deal. (laughs) So the program pays for itself and more. Not only that, I will help you create a personally customized savings plan with specific savings goals and timetables to achieve your goals. So just to give you a little details on what the program entails, the program includes five one-on-one sessions with me, as well as four challenges that clients will need to complete on your own. The program will teach how to establish a healthy philosophy towards money, where and how to cut fat on spending, how to automatically track spending, spending tips and tricks. So through the program, clients will be empowered and motivated to accomplish their savings goals and set up on autopilot to meet those goals with specific timetables. So here's my exclusive offer here on the podcast. The first five people to text me after this podcast goes live, so the first five people that text VIP to 512-903-8106 will be sent a link to get 50% off the full price of the program. Text VIP to 512-903-8106. And actually, maybe even more exciting, for a limited time, I'm going to offer for anyone who goes through the program... I will give you a $50 Amazon gift card for each person, for each person you refer that signs up to the Save Pain-Free program with no limit to how many people you can refer. So if you go through the program, you like it, it's helpful for you, and you tell your friend or whoever, and they sign up for the program, I will give you a $50 Amazon gift card for each person you send my way that signs up for the program. So go on over to savepainfree.com and check out the coaching program. I'm really excited about this, and I think it's going to help a ton of people who are in this situation. You know, if you're a single millennial between 25 and 35, you have a decent income, but you just can't seem to save money, this program is going to be amazing for you. And it's really going to teach you a lot as well as just set things up for you on autopilot that you don't have to worry about and save you a ton of money so you can build savings and wealth. Welcome back for another episode of the Post Money Plan Podcast. My name is Dallas Post and I am your host. As you know, I believe empowerment comes through knowledge. So my purpose here is to inform, educate and stimulate thought within personal finance, economics and investing. You can find me at postmoneyplan.com or search the Post Money Plan in the iTunes podcast app or in Google Play. 
So in this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Save Pain-Free program and more specifically a case with my girlfriend where I went through a prototype of the program with her. She went through an abbreviated version of the Save Pain-Free program as I was developing it. Through going through her finances and trying to optimize her spending and budgeting and all that kind of stuff, we've actually been able to save her $2,500 a year through optimizing her budgeting and spending. So in this episode, I, I thought I'd just interview her, have her share with you guys some of her experiences and thoughts and those kind of things. So uh, first of all, I feel like I just need to state that I am in no way, shape, or form a financial person. I'm a little bit anti-spreadsheets. I'm in business development. Um, I'm also an artist, so I definitely think about things more creatively. That being said, I have a budget in place. Essentially, I have money allocated for living expenses, things like eating out and groceries, health and wellness entertainment. I just had dollar amounts assigned to each of those buckets. But to be totally honest, the only time I would ever really kind of double check on those numbers would be if my bank account seemed particularly low, then all of a sudden I would be going back and looking at my spending and, oh, did I buy too much coffee this month or whatever it might have been. So budget, yes, but was I extremely cautious about my budgeting? No, that would be a bit of a stretch. Did you start this budgeting process? Have you done that your whole adult life, like straight out of college? Or was that a more recent thing? <laughs> I wish I would have done it straight out of college. Um, sadly, in my 20s, my philosophy was, oh, if my bank account's running low, I can just put it on a credit card. So my 30s, I've spent actually sort of crawling out of that newsflash, if you're doing that, just cut the cards up now. That is no way to budget. And thanks for helping me <laughs> see the pitfalls of the pitfalls of huge APRs. But no, I really started budgeting more cautiously, probably in my late 20s, early 30s. And the budgeting would really change as my career changed. You know, my salary would change. And then over time, my priorities began to change. For example, there came a time when I felt really called to tithe 10%. So that cut into other areas, but it felt like something really, really important to me. Whereas when I was 28, 29, that money might have been allocated for something else. In my 30s, you know, I've been more concerned with paying off debt than getting like a brand new purse, for example. I just wanted to get a baseline in terms of in your late 20s, like how did money make you feel and, and how did you treat money? So as I started getting older, I just really started to view money as, I guess, less of a novelty. And I started getting more serious about building a savings, potentially being in a place where I could buy a house, buy a car. So my relationship with money began to to change. I think I took it more seriously, but definitely not as serious as you, <laughs> um, but um, and definitely not as probably disciplined as you either. Well, this is this is not meant to be a judgment podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, let me just say that 
I was not in horrible financial shape when I allowed to let Dallas dig through my finances and help me uncover some areas, some opportunities for growth, if you will. But I mean, yeah, definitely it's intimidating. I am, like I said, in business development and an artist and creative, a bit more of a free thinker. Dallas is the complete opposite of that. He is all about logistics and has a spreadsheet for everything under the sun. It was definitely a little intimidating having him pour over things, but um, he didn't pay me to say this, but working with him was actually quite painless and he was able to save me a ton of money and was able to do that without changing anything about my lifestyle, which I was pretty amazed by. Did you have any objections to the process that we went through or concerns about having me look at your finances and go through things? Sure. Well, I mean, of course it was intimidating, but my big thing was, I just remember telling you from the start, okay, I'll go through this with you, but do not mess with my nails and do not mess with my massages (laughs) (laughs) because my self-care is important to me keeping my sanity. And if you're just going to come in and tell me that I need to buy less coffee or do my nails myself, I'm not going to really be good with that. (laughs) But- The good news was that we were able to go through it and find ways that didn't really uh, impact how you were able to live or the things that you were doing, and yet still were able to save you money anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it truly was a painless process. I am pretty amazed. And really, when I look back on things, I'm like, man, I could have been saving so much money for so long. But for me, I kind of was just... Like I mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast, on autopilot, as far as my expenses were concerned, things like, you know, living expenses, necessities that you have to have insurance and electricity and things of that nature, I kind of just set it and forget it, if you will, and was missing out on some pretty major savings opportunities. Which is exactly where I have found that people can really be helped a lot. There's a lot of things that you're just not thinking about. And unfortunately, people can really get penalized for loyalty is how I refer to it. Companies will just kind of sneak the price up on you if you're on subscriptions or things like that. And over time, you're paying much more than you started with. And you didn't even really notice because you're on auto pay and it's auto draft and all that stuff. But meanwhile, you didn't notice that there's competition out there that could have been providing you the same service at a much cheaper cost. Totally, totally. So, I mean, this is sort of a small example, but I have had Netflix since it was $8 a month. The price over time has crept up to, I think it's 12 now a month. And, you know, when you're like, oh, 12 bucks a month, that's not really all that much. But over a year, a span of a year, that could be a really nice pair of shoes. So by making a switch to a new cell phone carrier, for example... Not only was I able to save some money there, my cell phone service actually did not change at all. If anything, I got more data, but um, Netflix was rolled into the cost of the cell phone savings, so I was able to save that as well. And for me, I stay really busy. I have a lot going on, and how Dallas mentioned, we just have things set on autopilot. I bank with Chase. They have something called Chase Bill Pay. And most of my bills are paid through that. 
automatically. So money was just being drafted from my account. And a lot of times I wouldn't even realize when prices of things would change until maybe my bank account was low and I'd be combing through my bank account to figure out why and see that my cable bill had shot up 50 bucks in the month and I didn't even know. Yeah. And one thing that I think is a healthy practice, how I do it for myself personally, is once a month, and I do this at the beginning of the month, looking back at the previous month, is just like a double check of how things have gone versus what my plan is or my budget is. So if things are out of whack, then I catch things before it gets too long so that I don't wake up like six months later and find out that I've been paying a bill that I didn't want because I did do that in college. This is an interesting anecdote. So in college, I got called by a telemarketer one morning while I was still like sleepy. And instead of just hanging up on them, I talked to them for a while and I was just like, okay, sure, sure. Yeah, whatever. And they said that they were going to send me a bunch of like free stuff or like some offers or things. And I didn't mind saying, okay, because I didn't give them any of my personal information. The crazy thing was though, apparently somehow they did have my information. And so by me saying, okay, they signed me up for some kind of service that I ended up paying like 15 bucks a month for. And back then I didn't pay attention to that kind of stuff and found out like six months later that I had been billed for this for like six months that I was just paying for some random thing. So a lesson learned from that was once a month to just be checking my bank statement, do a double check, make sure there's nothing out of the ordinary or something, nothing crazy and make sure that everything's in line and staying kind of like according to plan. I actually wanted to ask you to share some of the surprises, for lack of a better word, things that we that we learned together in terms of hurdles you have to go through or those kind of sure, things. Sure, yeah. One of the things that I did was change my internet provider. I was able to save about 20 bucks a month by doing that, which was great. But I cut off my internet service with my current provider and then set up internet service for that same day. Well, whenever I went to self-install, it wouldn't work. And so then they had to send a tech out. And then the tech came out three days later. So I had three days without internet, which was okay. I mean, I have coffee shops that I could go to. But then when the tech came out, he said that, oh, there's this tree in the way of the line. And you're going to have to have your electric company come out. And so it ended up being like this whole timely debacle. So I would say that if you're making switches and services, since you're already going to be saving money, definitely overlap the services. Don't put yourself in a position where if you use internet for work like I do, maybe give yourself a week of overlap. Yes, you may pay a tad bit more initially up front, but ultimately you're going to be saving money. Yes, I would definitely agree that to avoid any inconveniences to your personal lifestyle and things like that, to make sure that you have overlap if you switch services. So if you change internet or phone or whatever, just to make sure there's overlap and you make sure that you get the new service set up and running before you leave the old one. Yeah. One other thing that I learned in this process is that if you are on auto pay, sometimes companies will claim that it takes 30 days to turn auto pay off or on. I learned that the hard way. 
even though I had canceled a service and it was canceled in the system, they still auto-drafted money out of my bank account for a service that I didn't even have anymore. So I had to call the company and they refunded the money, but it was still something that I had to deal with. So I would just say that if you are set up on auto-pay, make sure that whenever you cancel, you figure out what the terms are of your auto-pay so that you don't get unnecessarily charged. And so that you keep it pain-free instead of painful. <laughs> True. But uh, even with those couple of little glitches, I would not change this in any other way. I mean, $2,500 a year with literally no lifestyle change, that is a vacation. That is paying off a credit card. That is enrolling in a semester if you want to go back to school. I mean, there's so many possibilities for money that you may just be spending completely unnecessarily. And... I know for me, I'm extremely busy. I never would have took the time just to dig through things and do all of this research. So I'm so grateful that Dallas was able to sort of allow me to be his guinea pig for this program. And it has been eye-opening for one, but also just a wonderful experience to be saving all of this money without literally, (laughs) without it affecting my nails or my coffee or my massages. So I'm really, (laughs) really happy about that. Just to give a little bit of the secrets, what were the huge things that saved you a ton of money? Yeah, so actually the biggest one was my car insurance. This is so interesting to me. I had been using uh, the same insurance company for almost 10 years. And whenever I called them and told them that I wanted to cancel and told them what I was paying with the new company, the insurance agent told me, you should call us back in six months and we can probably match that premium. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that just that irritates me so much because companies, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And they're they're not trying to just benefit you. And it wasn't like I went from using a really reputable insurance company to like some back home, like no one's ever heard of an insurance company. They're both reputable insurance companies, but I was able to save the biggest chunk of money by switching car insurance providers. So you were kind of alluding to this in your previous answer, but... From the money that you're saving now, what are you hoping to do with that going forward? Um, So I just mentioned that I have paid off a good amount of debt. And with that extra money, I have been able to really start building up my savings a lot more rapidly than I have in the past. But I also have a side business. Um, I'm an artist and I've been able to use some of that money to help grow that business by buying new supplies. And I'm also considering going back to school and uh, didn't really know where that money would come from. And now with the additional money that I have annually, I can apply it to school so that I don't have to go into more debt taking out student loans. So it's really helping me grow personally. And that feels really great. So I'm going to take this opportunity to just do my typical rant on consumer debt, which is that even though it feels like you're getting money that you don't have when you have a credit card, it ends up actually taking away from you in the long term and that you are able to consume less than if you never borrowed the money in the first place. Because when you pay interest, you are paying money just on the money that you borrowed. So you're not even getting to consume that money that you're spending on interest. Versus if you never borrow the money in the first place, then you're not paying the interest, and then you're just consuming whatever you have in the first place. 
So the whole irony of credit cards and consumer debt is that in borrowing, you're able to consume less than if you never borrowed in the first place, which doesn't make a lot of intuitive sense because you don't think it should be that way, but it really is that way. So when you're able to pay down the credit cards and things like that, you actually end up giving your future self more than if you didn't. Yeah, so I would love to comment on that, actually. I recently uh, paid off a credit card. I can't recall exactly what the balance was. Maybe it was around 1500 but I paid it in full, or so I thought. Actually, I think there was like maybe $17 left on the balance. And so when I got my next bill, I had the $17 that was due, but then the interest that was on that 1500 was actually more than the $15 that was still due. And for me, that was just so eye-opening. This was a card that I had not even used in a couple of years, and it was kind of like the last of those bad decisions from my 20s and just getting that off my plate. But I guess I didn't realize just how high interest was. In fact, I called the credit card company because I thought there was a mistake, and they said, no, ma'am, that was the interest on that $1,500 that had accrued in one month. So literally in one month of not using that card, I can't remember what it was. I want to say it was like $27 or something like that. But that is crazy. Again, that could have been a fancy meal or half a tank of gas. It could have been so many things. So I literally was just wasting money away without getting anything in return for it. Yeah. I mean, credit card interest is just so high. And The horrible thing is that when you're just set up on autopilot, companies love auto draft and minimum payment. Okay, so my last question to you is just, do you have any advice for people who are thinking about getting some help with their savings and some advice from someone else? Sure. So I would say that if you're feeling fear about it, then you especially need to do it. And don't be paralyzed by that fear. I know that for me, there definitely have been times when I would get a bill in the mail and literally just let it sit on my countertop and not want to open it just out of fear of how high the electric bill might have been, for example, during a hot summer month. Just really facing that fear, staring it dead on and overcoming it is super empowering and Dallas is wonderful at digging through finances and finding areas where you can be saving money. It really, truly is a painless procedure, I promise. And he's so kind and warm about it. There's literally no judgment. He just has a heart that really wants to help people. So, you know, if you have any questions or doubts, I would say at least just talk with them. If you're having some reservations about it, about paying for the course, just give them a call, reach out, take advantage of the free discovery meeting. I mean, that may even be enough for you to kind of get the ball rolling yourself. But I know that for me, again, just as a woman who has a ton on her plate, I personally would have never taken the time that he took to dig through everything and find all of this money. And y'all, $2,500 is a lot of money. Plus, he is agreeing that if he cannot save you $600 a year, that he will refund your money. And so literally, it would be like getting the program for free. If you don't save more than what he's asking for it costing, then you don't even have to pay. So to me, there really is absolutely no risk to doing it. 
There is nothing but reward and money to be gained. So just do it. Yeah, thanks for that uh, <laughs> plug there. <laughs> so yeah, just to reiterate what you were just saying, I offer the first session of my program for free, the discovery session of where you, you just get to find out where you're at, hear more about the program and, and how it's going to run and get a little bit of advice from me for free. So you can sign up for the first session of the course for free to get a little free taste before you sign up for the full program. And you can find that at savepainfree.com and schedule the free discovery session. I'm really excited about the, the coaching program, and I think it can benefit a lot of people who are single millennials that have a decent income but can't manage to save money and are trying to work it out and start to be smart about their money, but either are too busy to manage it themselves or don't have the knowledge to know what exactly they should do and want someone to hold their hand as they're going through it. And uh, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help. And I think there's a lot of benefit to going through this process earlier rather than later, because you don't want to wake up in your late 40s or 50s and say, oh, man, I, uh, I really screwed up my finances and I should have done something about this sooner. So, yeah, thanks, Sarah, for sharing with the audience. And I think you're a living testament to <laughs> the, to yes. the benefits of taking a look at things and and seeing where you can optimize and update on some of your finances. Yes. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for making me your guinea pig for this program. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is really, uh, this is an authentic testimony. I really have been telling everyone about it because I'm so amazed at how much money I've been able to save. And I want that for everyone. Why spend money on things when you could be saving money for the exact same things you're using? Yeah. All right. So that uh, wraps things up for this episode. Thanks for joining us and catch us next time on another episode of the Post Money Plan podcast. <laughs>